trolling has been there as long as humans have been around. I don't think by the end of tonight I'm going to convince you to love trolls. I don't think that's going to happen. But maybe by the end of the night you'll understand trolling behavior a little bit better and why people might troll. And as a result, we might get a little bit more of an understanding of where trolling comes from and why maybe inside all of us there's a little bit of trolling. Anyway... Uh, as a good academic, I'm going to try and break this down into three simple parts. And because this is at a bar and we're meant to be all enjoying a, a drink or two, I need to make sure that you remember this because you might forget. So I'm going to get us all to take part. I know, audience participation. I see a couple of my former students here going, oh, God, why? Uh, uh, so the first thing I want to teach you about trolling is, number one, trolling isn't cyberbullying. So if we can say it after me, trolling isn't cyberbullying. Very good. Number two, I want everyone to know that there's a little bit of trolley in all of us. Perfect. And the last thing I want to talk about is you can control trolling. Perfect. So uh, that's really good because I don't have notes with me. And so if I forget, you will remember and you'll be able to hide, uh, help me out. But the first one, um, trolling isn't cyberbullying. When you hear the word trolling, people instantly go to these horrific acts of violence online where people are telling uh, vulnerable people that they should kill themselves, that they're awful human beings, blah, blah, blah. That is not what trolling is. Like with most things, trolling is along a huge spectrum. And trolling encompasses a whole bunch of different behaviors that can be, at that extreme end, very violent, very aggressive, very focused on causing harm. But then on the other end, it can be just people wanting to have a little bit of fun, not really intending to cause any harm, actually just coming out for a laugh. Now, uh, in, in the work that Maya Golf-Papash and I published a few years back, we defined trolling as having three key elements. And so uh, the first part of trolling is that trolling has to be purposeful. If you are going to be a troll, and this is not a, a session on how to be the best troll possible, but maybe it is, um, if you're going to be a troll, you have to be purposeful about this. If you upset people and you don't mean to upset people, then you're not necessarily a troll, you're just a bad person. All right? But trolling is purposeful. You know what you're doing. You know what you're trying to get out of people. Uh, number two, trolling may or may not have a, uh, a target in mind. They might be thinking, I want to focus on that person, or it might not. It might be just, I want to expose hypocrisy in society. I want to expose idiocy in society, or something like that. But they're not going, Sam, I'm going to make your life difficult, you know? That is not what trolling is about. It can be a specific target or it can be a broader target. Uh, and the third part about trolling is that it's there to elicit an emotional response. Now, that emotional response doesn't necessarily have to be, I want you to be in pain. Again, people suddenly go to, if you're trolling, it is to cause that person harm. It could be just to make you laugh. And the target of a troll could be laughing at the end. It could be to make the troll laugh. It could be to make other people laugh. It could be to expose hypocrisy, like I said, and make people think. But there has to be an emotional response as a result of the trolling. So if you're talking about cyberbullying, remember at that far end of aggressive acts, cyberbullying usually is purposeful. It usually has a target in mind. Very rarely do people randomly pick someone online and say, I'm going to target them without any knowledge. They know who they're going for and why. And the third part is they want to elicit an emotional response, but they also want to cause damage. They want to cause harm. So that is what people would say a form of trolling, but it is cyberbullying. So when someone is saying something nasty to you online, 
That is cyberbullying. That is them trying to hurt you. It is not necessarily trolling. But someone who is maybe purposely trying to expose idiocy or hypocrisy in society, they want to make you laugh or they want to kind of just show how stupid someone is. And maybe it's not just making the troll laugh, but the community around watching laugh. That could be considered trolling. Now, the best way to describe these things sometimes is with an example. So I printed off a few examples of some of my favorite troll posts, and so I'll, I'll read them out to you. Uh, this one goes back a few years. Uh, in America, there's a, a shop called Target. It's, it's kind of like a Kmart warehouse-style shop if you've not been to Target. And they put out a policy where they would no longer have gendered toy aisles. So all their toys will be just toys, not boys' toys, not girls' toys. Anyway, you can imagine what happened online because there's some people in America who are very upset by the idea that they just have children, not boys and girls. And so people started going onto their Facebook page complaining about Target taking away gendered toys and saying how woke they are, blah, 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 blah. Someone spotted this happening and they created a Facebook account and called it, uh, what do they call it? Ask for help. Just ask for help and they used the Target logo as their picture. So they were pretending to be Target's Ask for Help page. And they started responding, okay? Uh, so, uh, should I read out their names? Yeah, I'm gonna read out their names. So Gary Plunk posts on Target, I know this means little to Target, but I'm tired of all this political correctness. But after this latest move with signage, I'm going to do my best not to shop at your stores. Now, Ask for Help, who's got nothing to do with Target, just a random person, that's a troll, replied and says, actually, Gary, you are completely wrong. It means nothing to us that you feel this way. Have a great day. <laughs> anyway, so this obviously is getting people incensed. Uh, Judy Ali Carter, now this one is a little, I mean, th there were hundreds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds before Target caught on to this and banned this guy from their page. I'm watching this live, laughing, all right? Because I can see what they're doing. But this one uh, is starting to go, oh, okay, really going for the jugular. Uh, I've been a loyal consumer forever, sometimes shopping there two times a week. If you change everything into gender neutral, you have lost a customer. I read you're also condoning, condoning Sharia law in Michigan. I think they mean Sharia law? Anyway, um, shame on you, this is America. Okay, you know where they're coming from. Uh, ask for help from Target comes back with, Judy, we at Target would just like to say one thing. Allahu Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, just trying to elicit a response, get these people upset, really rile them up. But at the same time of upsetting those people, I think most of you would agree, because there's people giggling and no one's pointing some nasty fingers at me, Exposing the idiocy in some of these comments, right? They're showing how stupid they might be in what they're doing. Uh, this last one in particular, where they leveraged religion, which they know was going to upset this point, shows how intelligent some of these trolls are in finding those sort of touch points that get people going, but also enlisting a response from the community, who have screenshotted all these posts before they got deleted, who have now shared them hundreds and hundreds of times, despite this being a few years old. Uh, another one of my favorites has come out of the cesspool of society, which is called 4chan. Uh, it is an awful place, but you you kind of have to go there if you're the data security manager for the university. And you see what goes on there. Um, but 4chan, as, as, as toxic as it can be, has some really interesting, innovative 
uh, ideas sometimes. So uh, when iOS 8 came out, that's an update on the iPhones and iPads and everything like this, this was a few years back, they put together a very professional-looking advert called iOS Wave, and they put a new iPhone on there, they put on all this uh, proper security protocols and everything like that, and they said, this is an iOS 8 exclusive. What is Wave? Uh, Wave is our latest and greatest addition to iOS 8. Wave allows your device to be charged wirelessly through microwave frequencies. Wave can be used to quickly charge your device battery with any standard household microwave. And it goes through all the things you need to do in order to charge your iPhone by sticking it in in, into a microwave. 60 seconds at 700 watts or 70 seconds at 800 watts. And people were literally putting their phones into microwaves and their microwaves exploding and all sorts of things because they just wanted to see how many people are going to pick up on this. How many people are going to see this happen and go they're gonna microwave their phone as a result of a software update. Nothing to do with the hardware, a software update. Now they did this as a result of iOS 8. They did this every year afterwards to see how many more people would believe it. So iOS 9, I believe, was Splash, where as soon as a bit of water touches your phone, it senses it on the screen and it shuts down the internal components, so now your iPhone is waterproof. Guess what, that's not true. And people were taking their phones into the shower, it was drowning it, blah, 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 blah. There was another one when the, I think the iPhone 10 came out and uh, there was controversy about the headphone jack being lost. There was someone online who was giving tutorials on how to drill into a specific part of your phone and it exposes the headphone jack. And they would say, look, you can see those buttons on the bottom. You've got to count three across, drill in, and you just got to keep drilling. And there you go, plug your headphone. And people were doing this. Now, this is at that kind of level of trolling which feels like pranking, right? It feels like you're just trying to see what's going on. But you can see what these people are doing. They're purposeful. They know what they're doing. They're coordinated. They're thinking about this. They're putting time and effort into this. They are trying to elicit an emotional response out of people. Sometimes that's humor. Sometimes that's frustration. Sometimes that's anger, whatever else it might be. And then finally, they're not necessarily thinking about a specific target audience. This was for anyone who was stupid enough to believe an iOS 8 update would suddenly make your phone microwave chargeable, okay? Um, now, when we think about point number two, anyone remember what point number two is about the talk? We're all a bit trolly. Okay, we're all a bit trolly. Um, I heard a few of you giggling, and you might be giggling just because you're a little bit tipsy, or you might be giggling because you actually found this funny. Uh, the reality is, as long as we have been around as a society, as a civilization, we have found ways to have fun, sometimes at other people's expense. Sometimes that is hurtful, sometimes it is just, that was a dumb thing to do. My friends do this to me all the time. I do this to my friends all the time. There are whole communities surrounded around banter where you kind of give a little bit of bants backs and forwards. But as a society, satire, banter, giving each other a bit of ribbing, and sometimes that means pranking, has always been around. Ah, uh, should I tell this story? Yeah, I'll tell the story. Uh, my dad, and this is where I think I got my pranking from, my dad is old school pranker. Um, so he studied in India, uh, he was doing his medical degree, and apparently the story goes that this was back in the day, old school university, where they would post people's names and their grades up on the board, and you would go and you would check what grade you got, did you pass your course? So he's a doctor, a real doctor, as my mom tells me. Um, 
And the day before the final degrees were released, the final marks were released for the medical doctors, him and his mates had a few beers. They sat down and typed out every student's names and made up fake grades. So all the people that smoked their way through university suddenly passed. All the people that really worked hard suddenly failed and were no longer going to be doctors, blah, blah, blah. And he posted them the day early. And the dean flips out, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. My, my dad and his friends are laughing their asses off. I don't know if they passed that. Surely they did. Um, but that was their way of thinking about having fun and showing the idiocy and hypocrisy of this stupid system where you, anyone could really just post a bunch of grades and people would believe it and people would flock to it. Satire is at its heart a little bit trolly, right? We watch satire, we engage with satire, whether it's Greek comedies going back thousands of years, whether it's the Daily Show that is still going today. We watch people like Jordan Klepper going out to MAGA rallies and just exposing the idiocy of these people and finding it funny. It is an emotional response for us. It is purposefully done. And then he's not specifically looking for, I'm going to talk to Trump and I'm going to talk to blah, 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 but looking for anyone who's willing to bite, right? So when you sort of look at it and go, I would never be the troll, I would never want to be a troll, how many of you have stopped and gone, I really wish I had said something like that? I really wish that person had got a little bit of their own medicine with that. I really. So we might not do it, but there's a little bit of trolley in all of us, right? We always want to have a little bit part of that going on in our own lives because that retribution that justice, that sense of I've got that person back or whatever else it might be, does help feel that sense of what in the Almaty we call utu or reciprocity. You know, that person's been brought down a peg. I, whether I'm known or not, I'm brought up a peg. Now, when we start sharing things, when we start talking about things, I don't know about you, but occasionally I might have a meeting at work where I am sitting there in a meeting and then my phone is buzzing because all the people in the meeting I'm having private chats with as they're giving their own little commentary regarding how much of a bullshit meeting this might be. That might not be something you experience. Happens to me occasionally. I'm looking at my boss at the back. Doesn't happen often. No. <laughs> But that sort of thing is very normal. But it's also community building, right? It is a way of connecting. Because even though you might go, you know what, that person's put a lot of time in, that person's put a lot of energy in, if it is tiring, if it is boring, or if you just think that person's talking shit, they don't know what they're talking about, and you have this private thing going on the side, that helps to draw us together as a community. And it's a very normal part of what we do as a society to draw closer together. So as a consumer behaviorist, I say this way too often when I do talks, I'm a consumer behaviorist, and as a consumer behaviorist, I describe myself as a professional people watcher. I watch people, I study behavior, I study what motivates them, drives them. I find ways that I can use that in order to hopefully make their lives better in the future. Some people use it to sell them stuff. I use it in a way that I can uh, try and encourage people to do things things that are healthier in life. So positive mental well-being, trying to encourage people to be more conscious about their, their food and exercise, trying to be more conscious about what they put in their body with regards to tobacco, that sort of thing. The same thing can be applied online. And in an online setting, when you see people engage, especially when you start to remove some of those barriers that might lead to a confrontation. So if I went up to Elsa um, and said, you know, your talk was great, loved it, blah, blah, blah. However, all these things are wrong. That might be a bit insulting because I know nothing and she's the expert here. So why would I do that in that, in that sort of space? While other people who know nothing 
might be willing to do that in an anonymous space online, knowing that Elsmarie won't hear about them. So when we put anonymity in place, when we put in this space where we can call ourselves anything like ask for help and put a target logo, suddenly we feel a little bit more protected. Again, this is nothing to do with the internet. This is human behavior. How many people here drive a car? Most people in Christchurch have to drive. Uh, if you bumped into someone while walking down the street, typically you say sorry, right? Sorry, didn't see you. If someone nearly bumps into you while driving, suddenly we're the most powerful people in the role and all sorts of waves and hand signals are coming out, right? You just put a little bit of glass between you and another person. We feel super, super powerful. Now put a bit of glass and anonymity and distance and what does it do? It dehumanizes us. And it's almost easy, instant, in order to start to become far more aggressive, far more purposeful in hurting that person when we know we're not in that face-to-face -face humanized engagement. When we're in that face-to-face -face humanized engagement, that all suddenly disappears very, very quickly. This is why when you are trying to have a discussion or trying to have a very passionate dialogue or you know, aggressive fellowship with someone, um, it's sometimes easier to write it in an email, right? As opposed to do it eye to eye, face to face. And so sometimes I'll get a very aggressive email from someone and go, I wonder if they would ever say that to my face. But then when I'm writing those aggressive emails, I go, could I say that to pe that person's face? If I can't, I shouldn't be sending that flipping email, right? You should not be dehumanizing that person through an email. You should be talking to their face. If you can't do it, then that email's not appropriate. But that's where trolling comes from. That sense of power, that sense of engagement, that sense of being able to control, blah, 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 blah. All right? And that segues nicely, while I look at my watch, onto my final point, which was, you can control trolling, all right? It is possible to control trolling. Now, some of you might be going, why would we control trolling? There are actually a lot of benefits to trolling. People kind of see it and go, why? there are no benefits associated with trolling. Actually, some of these celebrity trolls, these people that actually draw a lot of engagement, get a lot of people excited, are so powerful, are so engaging that Companies, brands will actually hire them to troll their page because they know their community will follow them. But there are definitely times when you want to control trolling, especially if you're down that far end of the spectrum where we're talking about aggressive, abusive, angry trolls. How many of you have social media accounts? How many of you feel that you've been cyberbullied at some point? A couple of you. My wife stuck her hand straight up. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> was it me? <laughs> um, these things happen, and we want to find solutions to it. There might be times you want to allow trolling. There are other times where you really need to shut it down. So again, three points when it comes to what enables or allows trolling. So the first point is you need to have a motivated troll. Now, if you don't have a motivated troll anywhere on your platforms, anywhere in your, uh, your groups, anywhere on your system, your page, there's not going to be any trolling, right? There is no chance of trolling happening because nobody actually wants to troll, whether it's aggressive bullying or whether it is just pranking or whatever else it might be. And there are things you can put in place to prevent an aggressive troll or someone coming in, making it harder for that troll to exist, exposing them, making it difficult for them to, to, to troll, or just not reacting to them. They, they're not going to enjoy it because they're not listing that response, right? So they're not going to be motivated to troll if they know that there are consequences associated with it. So having a motivated troll is the first part of it. The second part is the absence of effective guardians. 
absence of effective moderation, absence of effective guardians. So if there is someone there that is actively monitoring everything going on on your page and deleting anything that is the semblance of potentially negative negativity and they delete it, guess what? It's going to be really hard for any negative behavior to happen. I have strong feelings on this topic. I think when you moderate a page to that level, where you eliminate any form of negativity, you're actually going to kill the community. You're going to kill the chance for any realistic, authentic dialogue. So I want to give you a couple of strategies here. Maybe I'll give you an example, because I think it's funny. Um, so the Labour Party, far out, this must be five, six years ago, the New Zealand Labour Party had new badges, and on the badges, the slogan was, I'm in and then big letters, labor. And so me, as a professor of marketing, uh, emailed them and said, or on their Facebook page with a photo saying, is seriously your new Logan, logo uh, and slogan, I'm in labor? That doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. I was instantly banned from the labor Facebook page. No comments, no feedback, just banned. Now, I kind of knew this was going to happen because I'm a little bit of a troll myself. I knew what I was doing. I was trying to elicit a response, you know, expose hypocrisy, idiocy, blah, 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 blah. I was very purposeful about this. So I took a screenshot of my post. And then I posted it on my own personal platforms, just got banned from the New Zealand Labour page because I said this. What happened? About 20, 30 of my friends suddenly went onto their page and said, are you seriously banning people because they're calling out your bad marketing? Is this how silly we've become? Blah, 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 blah. And then this is, I mean, I didn't plan this brigade, but this is effectively what brigading is, where people suddenly dive in en masse, flood your page. Suddenly, if it's done in a really aggressive, negative way, that can really hurt your brand image. That can really hurt your organization. That was not my intention, and I don't think it did. It was more just, come on, guys. This is not who it is. But the policy at the time on the New Zealand Labour page was that any negativity should be cut off. There should be no negativity on the page. And what, would that, what that means is that as soon as any negative comments were put or anything counter to what the narrative is, it was removed. So it became what we call an echo chamber, right? You only hear the one narrative repeated over and over again, and that's all that happens. Now, that was in what was a pretty safe place, let's be fair. But those echo chambers exist in really negative places as well, where you only hear the same narrative over and over, and anything dissenting comments are removed, and people just double down into that narrative, and they get sucked down into that world, which may have started with a couple of people pranking, thinking they're having a bit of fun, but it's actually starting to cause people harm. Now, on the, at the same time, I purposely, knowing the target and wanting to elicit a response, put something similar on the uh, national New Zealand page. I thought, balanced approach. Need to post something on their page. They didn't delete it, but the community came around and said, don't be a dick. Everyone said, that's not even funny, or yeah, actually, that's quite funny, but that's normal, blah, blah, blah. What do you expect? This is a national page, whatever else it might be. Now, in that case, national didn't have a policy of del deleting dissenting comments. But what they had done is enabled or uh, built up a community which would self-govern. They would be this, uh, the effective guardians who would say, actually, this doesn't need any airtime. Let's remove that. Labor didn't have that. Now, Labor, a couple of years later, six months before their election, dumb marketing move, changed their policy to allow dissenting comments. But they hadn't enabled a community that would self-govern. So all that happened was that troll accounts People go in, say negative things, and no one knew what to do with it because the moderation had been taken away, right? 
So people was, they would post something like, what do you want out of the next three years? And the top liked post would be, you nowhere near government or something like that, and that was what everyone saw. Now, even if that's not true, even if that's a tiny subsection of society that felt that and were liking that, when you are someone that's not really into politics, when you really don't know who to vote for, and you see a top-like comment associated with that, suddenly you go, well, I wonder if that's true. I wonder if that social response or that social support for that means that everyone does that. We've got Mona sitting up the front here, Mona Sultani, who's doing her research specifically on how brands um, uh, support or, or recover from scandals. And she's finding amazing results as a result of her research where as a simple function of people supporting or not supporting a brand, and then how many followers they have, having a fundamental difference on whether people believe that or not. So where we see a lot of people getting behind something, we go, wow, that's social proof. That must be lots of people engaged with this. So we need to have the motivated troll. We need to have effective guardians, okay? Uh, so uh, absence of effective guardians. And the third thing is the presence of a viable target. So the target, the person who is going to be the target of a troll. Now, it could be an individual, again, or it could be a whole group. It could be a construct. It could be an abstract thing. I am someone that believes my phone can be charged through the microwave. I am now a target. I have low technological, technological literacy. I am now a target of this. So there are plenty of targets out there, and some of us do become targets. It's really easy to become a target, to be emotionally invested, especially when someone's being super aggressive. Um, I'm surprised I'm still employed at the University of Canterbury because I've got a big-ass mouth. <laughs> and sometimes I cause trouble. Uh, and there are definitely times where I have ended up on various blogs, people asking me to be fired or whatever because, God forbid, I don't think people should be racist or whatever else it might be. But there was one instance where I had done something, said something, and it went viral, and I ended up... Does anyone remember Whale Oil, the Whale Oil blog? Yeah. Ended up in the Whale Oil blog. I can't even remember his name. Uh, I'm not even going to say it. I do remember it. And he wrote all this vitriol about me being a horrific person, too woke, blah, 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 blah. And so I had to warn my wife. I said, I, I'm, in, I'm in this blog, uh, and it's pretty nasty. I think it's hilarious, okay? This guy's a loser. This is not something you need to worry about. But if you want to, let's pour a glass of wine, and we'll read it together. And I think we did sit down, and we read those comments together, because they were pretty hurtful. I am not a viable target, because I saw that thinking, I'm having an impact in society. Oh my goodness, I'm changing people's lives. I'm getting people talking about these issues. My wife's going, they don't know him. He's a lovely person. Why would they say these things about him? Blah, 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 blah. She was absolutely a viable target. <laughs> and this is why I said, we're going to have to read this together. Um, being an asshole, I also posted this was, oh, far out, I can't remember when it was. Maybe like 10 years ago, I made a bunch of fake Valentine's cards for my wife. And they were just Valentine's cards for when you've been married for more than 10 years, sort of thing. And it's things like, I love you because we're stronger together financially, and things like that. Uh, um, the, uh, the trouble with deal, or dealing with you is less trouble than dating again, or something like that. And I, I made all these fake cards, I post them online, 
and oh my God, the hate I got from people. The number of people that came out and said, these are hilarious, this is totally me and my partner, but then a whole bunch of people, this must be an awful person. You must, your wife must be abused. This is, but it was actually not my wife because she knew what I was doing, but it was my wife's auntie who got really upset by this and started posting online, he's a lovely husband, leave him alone. I'm like, tea, it's all good. I did this on purpose, I knew what I was doing. I was not a viable target. By then, my wife was not a viable target. Auntie T was definitely a viable target, getting very upset that people who don't know me was calling me a terrible husband. Now, you get to decide whether you're a viable target. You get to decide whether you will take those comments and go, I'm really hurt by this, or I don't see the joke in this, or I want to fight back from this. And some of us can't do that, and that's fine. I'm not saying all of you need to be able to take a joke and be able to laugh it off. You may not be able to, and that is fine, in which case you need to extract yourself from that situation. Do not find yourself going in to respond, to reply. One of the, 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 the quotes I use all the time, and it's a kind of a bastardization of an old political quote, is that fighting with a troll is like wrestling with a pig. You both get dirty, and the pig likes it. The pig wants you to get upset. The troll wants you to fight back. The troll wants you to get angry. And every time you do, thinking you're winning, the troll's going, I'm eliciting an emotional response out of you. I am winning every time. Very rarely, very rarely do you actually get a troll back, especially a really good troll. Very rarely do they go, oh my goodness, I've had a revelation. Maybe Akon was right. Maybe what I said was just a bit too mean. They don't give a shit. They really don't. And if anything, you being upset makes them stronger. Now, we don't get used to that. We're not used to that because if my wife and I were in aggressive dialogue with one another over something, we would find a solution eventually. You know, we have to because we live together. If I'm at work and I have a disagreement with someone, we would find a solution eventually. But online, the person doesn't ever need to find a solution, right? They can just do whatever they want. They can hurt you. They can make you feel miserable. And that would be the end of their side, but you can keep on holding on to that. And so you being a viable target is a huge part of that trifecta. So presence of a viable troll, presence of a troll, the absence of effective guardians, and the presence of a valid target. Now, I hate consumer responsabilization. Consumer responsabilization says, it is your choice, it is your job to fix this. But there are some times where eliminating a troll, remember this has been around for centuries, since humans been around, they always want to elicit a response, they think it's funny, blah, blah, blah. Eliminating them completely, really difficult. Finding an effective guardian all the time, super difficult. How hard is it to keep up with the changes in technology? Literally just heard about it before. It is almost impossible. So sometimes the easiest thing to do is to be that responsible consumer and go, I don't need to be part of it. Now, I kind of hate that because it puts the onus on you as the victim to make that choice. And it also means that sometimes you extract yourself from really supportive communities because of a small number of people that are making your life hell. But for the, the benefit of your well-being, for the benefit of your business, the benefit of your mental health, blah, 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 sometimes it is much easier to remove yourself from that situation. You get me? So those of you who are running businesses and those of you who are thinking, well, how do I deal with this? How do I, how do I respond to troll posts? How do I identify them, whatever else it might be? Um, 
I use a very simple system when I'm uh, working with companies, and it's a traffic light system. So uh, let's say I'm working with Julia and her company. I'm sitting there and I'm going, right, you're getting a lot of people posting stuff that's irrelevant or sometimes it's abusive on your Facebook page or your Instagram account. What should we do? Put a traffic light system in place. A green post is anyone posting something that you go, there's nothing wrong with this. That's cool. That's fine. All good. They like your product. They like your service. They like your company. Allow it. Maybe give it a like. Maybe share it. Maybe encourage it. Build a community that sees positive posts, and that would encourage them to post positive things as well because the brand might repost it for them, and they feel good about that. A red post is anything you need to stop and delete straight away. And there are times where I believe that's appropriate. So if it's a complete breach of your community guidelines, it's racist, sexist, aggressive, it uses slurs or anything like that, then you can remove it. Now, there are times where you don't see that quickly enough and it might have built a bit of traction by the time you get there. And so enough people will have seen it and they might have commented, blah, blah, blah. It's still worth deleting. Now, if something has got lots of, it says a horrific thing, it's slanderous, it's aggressive, whatever, it's clearly not appropriate, delete it. What I would do is go back onto that page, especially if you have a strong community that follows you and said, some of you will have noticed XYZ happened. We just want to say that this was a complete breach of our values as an organization, and that's why we removed it. We're more than happy to have a chat with anyone who wants to learn more. Explain why it's removed. You don't need to explain for something that someone posts something horrific and it's deleted straight away, no one sees it, but those ones that build a bit of traction, got lots of people angry and talking, delete it, explain why you deleted it. Set the bar, and then that also sets the bar for the community to say, we're gonna call this stuff out as well. It's gonna encourage people to report these posts so you see it earlier, blah, 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 blah. Um, the yellow is anything that you think could go nasty. So sometimes someone might just post something and you go, huh, I'm not sure about that. That's something that's kind of aggressive, it's kind of nasty, but maybe it's okay as well. Now put a yellow sort of stamp in your mind on that and just keep an eye on it. Watch it, see if it grows. So that might just be negative feedback on the service. Now you don't delete that straight away because that's honest feedback. Guess what, if you did delete it, someone like me is gonna take a screenshot or will have said they just delete bad feedback and that just really hurts you, and you now have no response or no ability to respond. A yellow post is something you go, hmm, that's negative feedback, how do we deal with this? In which case, I would go on, I would monitor it, and if it builds traction, I would just re uh, um, reply to them very simply with, we're really sorry you had a negative experience with us, come in, let's make it right. Contact us, let's have a coffee, let's make it right. Take away the screen, get eye to eye, See if you can make it right. Guess what? 99% of the time, they never do. But at least the community sees that you're willing to try and make a change, trying to make a, some sort of connection, trying to make things better. And now you've established, again, some community guidelines as what is okay when it comes to negative feedback and stuff like that. So red post, absolutely not okay. Delete it straight away. Establish, if you don't already, what community guidelines are for your page. Green post, love it. Repost it. Encourage other people. Yellow posts, monitor it. They can go green. No one engages, just ignore it. Don't delete them, don't block them. If they go red, delete, block, reply, make sure people understand. When it comes to someone trolling you for a pranking perspective, you can ignore it. It is okay. You can also, if you want, turn it into a green post and reshare it, just saying, love the sense of humor from our community or something like that. Do not, do not 
try to be funny if you're not funny. <laughs> Do not try to engage with the troll. They are professionals. Do not try to reply, especially if that doesn't align with your brand. Remember, you as a brand have to have certain values. You have a certain perspective. You have certain um, mana behind you. The troll doesn't. They're anonymous. They're nobodies, blah, 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 blah. So they can do whatever they want. They have no rules. You have lots of rules. You will never win in that fight. No holes barred completely hamstrung on your side. So do not try to play with them if you are representing your brand. Even as an individual, I don't engage with this anymore. There have been times where I would absolutely play with trolls. I would go back to them, blah, 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 blah. Unfortunately, as a father and a husband now, that sort of stuff filters into my family. This is how toxic some of these really aggressive cyber bullies can be in that because I have a public profile, because it's easy to find me, if I'm using my public account, people can easily find me and they will then start to find my kids, my wife, and this has happened in the past as well. That's not okay. So it's much easier for me to not engage, not fire them up, not rile them up and just go, leave it. So I typically, if I see something that's really escalating, saying, I'm sorry you feel this way, have a great day. Just don't, give them, just don't let them elicit a response or I ignore it completely. And this is literally the paper that Meyer and I wrote. It's called Don't Feed the Trolling. Not just don't feed the trolls, but don't feed the trolling behavior. Do not allow any oxygen there because that's the best way sometimes to eliminate yourself from that situation. I'm going to take a quick look subtly at my watch and look that like I'm out of time. But I wanted to finish with... Not only is trolling and cyberbullying completely different, so when someone says, I've been trolled, find out what they mean by being trolled. If they mean cyberbullied, then the solution to cyberbullying is very different from someone who is pranking you and having a laugh at your expense. Not everyone likes people having a laugh at their expense, especially if it exposes your own idiocy. But if you're being bullied, there are very simple tactics. Make that a red post. Remove it from your system. Remove yourself from the system, whatever else it might be. Number two, we're all a bit trolly, so don't get so judgy. You probably do it too. You wish you were as good as them, all right? We've all done that. We've all been in that place. I've won so many arguments with people three days later in the shower, all right? I wish I was quick-witted as some of these trolls, okay? We all wish we had a little bit of that in us. So it's reflective of our own society and our own uh, sort of psychology. And then finally, you can control trolling. A lot of the time, it comes from understanding, are you the target? Is there a space where there's viable trolls aren't there? Is there a safer place where there's effective guardians? And if none of those exist, if you cannot exclude, you, uh, remove yourself from the system or anything like that, just don't feed it. Just don't give it any time. We aren't going to be getting rid of trolls anytime soon because that is part of who we are, but maybe we can learn to live them a little bit better. When you're trying to control trolls, um, there's a different response that you get from, say, someone like the Christchurch City Council <laughs> as to what you might get from somewhere like Hell's Pizza. Yep. Um, you mentioned that you need to align with your brand and yes. don't be funny if you're not funny. Yep. But is there any movement along that spectrum whereby the council could potentially respond like Hell's Pizza would? <sighs> is that possible? Yes, there is. So I actually really like... The, the way that the New Zealand Herald does it. I don't often say this, but the New Zealand Herald is really good at posting topics that are 
going to inflame people, that are going to get people riled up, that are going to get there. And then the, the social media manager, who I had a really good chat with a few months ago, um, was talking about trolling and things like that. And, and he was replying with, I'm locking down the comments. Seriously, can you not behave for at least five minutes? I am now going to bed. I'm very tired, or something like that. It was kind of parental and patronizing, but it was calling out the bad behavior. And so rather than we're locking comments because of the racist accusations made, it was along the lines of, seriously, can we not talk about this civilly? Clearly not. We're locking the comments. Go and think about it. You know, uh, I, If you have not, how many people are, have been on TikTok? There's a lot of young hands going up. No, this, um, um, uh, the Wellington City Council's TikTok is right down the other end. Wellington City Council's TikTok is so crazy. It is one of my favorite city council accounts. They play every meme. Christchurch City Council could not get away with that with the brand that they have. But as a result of being so in the community, no one's willing to troll them. And I use this example with our city. Margaret Mayhew is so well used by our community that no one's going to graffiti it, right? There are cameras around. Yes, there's effective moderation with regards to the cameras. Yes, there are people who are not targets of graffiti and things like that because there's always people around. But actually, people don't see it as a viable target. They don't want to go and graffiti it because the community loves it. And if the city council's Facebook page was really engaged with the community and it really represented how the community acts, I suspect people wouldn't troll it as much. Can you reply in anything but a professional manner? Unfortunately, the brand that's been established by the city council, probably not, unless you get some leeway from your senior management to say, can we not go full Wellington City Council, but maybe halfway? Or can we go, I was going to say Blenheim City Council, because that's kind of halfway, but it, no, they're even more conservative than us. Um, you can say things like, well, someone's had a bad day, uh, and stuff like that, and start there, but then that would still elicit a response. Christchurch City Council has been the whipping child of the city for at least the last 15 years. Post-earthquakes, nothing the city council does can be done right. So therefore, it almost just becomes, how do we respond to this and continue to maintain professionalism because we are, everything you say as a city council will be received with, we pay your rates, we are in control, blah, blah, blah. Wellington City Council has said, we don't give a shit. We don't care. We don't care if you think we're good or not. We will watch the newspapers tell us we're full of crap, but we're still going to put out this content because it's really connecting with another community. I don't think we're there with as a city council in Christchurch. We've, we're way too conservative as a city. We're way too conservative as a city council. So that brand really is. The temptation is strong. I would love to see it happen. I don't think it's going to work unless there's a slow change. Does that kind of make sense? Elon Musk and Twitter, what, what's your opinion about uh, what, what he's done there? Elon Musk recently followed me on Instagram. Uh, and he sent me a direct message. He did not. A troll pretending to be Elon Musk in very broken English started following me. And so this fake account, I saw Elon Musk 1010 or something like that started following me. I'm like, all right. We obviously know what this is. Let's follow him back and see what's happening. And then he starts direct messaging me and wanting me to buy into shares with this Nigerian prince or whatever else it might be. Anyway, um, I think Elon Musk is a great troll, but 
deeply disturbed as well. I think some of the stuff he says as someone who's that powerful can have real repercussions. And sometimes we say things in the heat of moment because we think it's funny, but it does actually hurt people. That power does change. Now, if I got a chance to ever come back and do a talk, I would love to talk uh, about another topic I'm very passionate about, and that is racism and power and how uh, I could be walking out this road here and the drunk guy could say, F off back to your own country. It would mean nothing to me. But if my boss made something that was not as aggressive and said to me, ah, yeah, that's just what you guys are like as Indians, even though that's not really aggressive, the fact that my boss has so much power over me makes that much more hurtful, if that makes sense. So Elon cannot joke without realizing that the power that he has, the influence he has, can change markets, it can change per perceptions. A lot of vulnerability, vulnerable people out there who will follow him and think about it. So Dogecoin, Dogecoin um, is a great example where he influenced the market associated with that electronic coin and people lost a lot of money, right? And those people are hurt. He could lose billions tomorrow and he'd still be extremely wealthy. He'd still be very comfortable. And that privilege does cloud our mind. So sometimes trolling makes us powerful, but actually powerful people can be really hurtful. So I think we just have to be careful about that. So if you are a person who holds privilege, that people listen to, that people think are important, then that's really gonna affect how impactful your joke might be or your words might be. So I think we just need to be really careful about that. You were talking, I think you talked earlier about um, academic freedom. What we've seen over the last two years is scientists and doctors who have stood up to question some other thinking around the COVID response being threatened, and in some cases um, being struck off. I'm just interested in why the universities aren't actually upholding the very academic freedom that's uh, enshrined in legislation. Uh, I'm, I'm, my head is spinning. Are you trolling me? Or are you eliciting a response? Or, but I will answer your question as seriously as I can. So as an academic, I do have academic freedom. And that academic freedom extends to my academic knowledge ability that's justified by evidence in order to talk on issues that I have expertise on, both in my research and my teaching. I am also governed by the pastoral code uh, care code, and that is that I must keep my colleagues and my students safe in everything I do. Now, if the scientists, the medical professionals have said that the vaccination keeps me and my students safe, then it is my obligation as someone to keep those students and my colleagues safe. Even if I as an individual do not believe that this is a good way to do it, I still have to balance those two sides of the coin, that I have freedom to think, believe, act, research this, but I also have to keep the people around me safe. Now, there is nothing about, well, I, will, I can only talk to UC. There was nothing about UC's policy about vaccinations, blah, blah, blah. That stopped people talking about whether the vaccination was safe. I didn't see that. We had lots of debates on campus. We had lots of people emailing the vice chancellor. We're still governed by what the government had said in this. Did the government listen? Probably not. Uh, if someone said this was, I felt this was an overreach. But at the same time, I need to find ways in order to balance what I feel is right over here with regards to academic freedom with what is right about keeping people alive. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I come from a medical background, you know. Uh, it's very difficult for me to argue against the medical science. I, I'm not on that camp. As soon as the vaccinations came out, I'm like, stick two in me. I mean, I, 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 I'm quite happy with that. 
but I don't disrespect my colleagues who have a different view as long as they have the evidence. And this is where academic freedom comes back. If you have the evidence, the science, and the um, rigor behind that, I will trust you. Hello, I can't. Hi, sir. Um, do you troll your students and or do they troll you and how do you feel about that? I troll my students all the time. Uh, my students troll me all the time. I love it. I know my students have really come into their own when they start teasing me back. When they start trolling me back, I'm like, oh, they've grown up, they've blossomed. <laughs> they've, <laughs> they, they feel like I, I have so many students. I had one student that wouldn't refer to me by name. They would always call me Guru. And I'm like, please don't. This is not okay. My name is Akant. Um, please treat me like a, a human being sort of thing. Now, Myrna is so respectful. I mean, her husband is so respectful, even though he's a seven-foot power lifter. Uh, he's so sweet, and I just want them to tease me back. So I also encourage trolling from my students, okay? Uh, let me tell you a quick story. I set an example for my master's students to get the most likes on a stuff comment that was clearly offensive without being found out as being offensive, without crossing the line of being deleted. And my student, Hugh, <laughs> posted, I'm really sick of us talking about race. I don't care if you're yellow, black, brown, or normal. We should all just get along. <laughs> anyway, it just went off. Everyone's like, yeah, absolutely agree. This is amazing. And we're sitting there as a, as a class going, how are people liking this? How are people engaging in this? And he was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, this is, this is how easy it is to happen. So yes, I troll my students. For me, it is community building. I struggle with people who take offense easily. I dish out a lot and I receive a lot. Um, and so I think that's part of us building that banter, building that community. Uh, I will tell you another story. Have we got time, Tim? Yeah, we've got another I was literally giving a talk for breakfast TV. I don't like doing TV. It's a lot of time. I have the perfect face for radio. Um, but it was on Maya's work, and she wasn't able to do it. So I said, I'll do it to support my student. And so I will say his name. Jack Tame was interviewing me. And Jack, before we went live, he's like, I just want to get your name right. How do you pronounce it? I'm like, it's Akant, you know, pronounced it. And then I went, how do you pronounce your name? Oh, it's just Jack. I'm like, say it again? It's Jack. I'm like, Jack? No, no, Jack. And I got him to repeat his name like eight times. <laughs> and I said, okay, and is it Tame? No, just Tame. Like, you know, not aggressive Tame. I'm like, say it one more time. Anyway, this went on for ages. And then during the live interview, he's like, I don't think I've ever been trolled. I'm like, yeah, you've been trolled, mate. <laughs> you just don't realize it. I find this hilarious, and this is literally years later, and I still go, <laughs> that's quite funny. But for me, that's community building, because I can talk to you, and I did tell my students the next day, and they said, yeah, we saw that, we thought it was hilarious as well. But that's because we're sick, we're broken as a society, and Jack is a sweetheart, he's an angel, whatever, he just didn't get it at the time. But I thought it was hilarious at the time. Yeah.